Hello everyone, welcome to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Carolyn. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> or afternoon or evening. It's crickets. You know what that means when they're hearing crickets? Silence. Yes. We don't know yet exactly how we're being received. Hmm. Many questions are received. What do you mean? Well, we initiated our program. It's been about yes. three weeks now. This will be the third week. Up and running. Yes. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't tell our listeners though, that we're novice at this. Otherwise, we'd have chased them off of the first program. They probably for certain never come back. Unless they thought it was something that they could get some sort of comedic sort of whatever out of it. It was a nice comedy of errors, so to speak. But at this particular point, uh, it's gone pretty well, I think. And we're not entirely novice. You and I have done a lot of speaking engagements, and I've done some things on broadcast before as well. But the idea, though, is for you and I to work together, and particularly this format, it's a little bit new to us. But it's true. Crickets. We need feedback. Yes. Did you say that emphatically enough? We need your questions. We need what you want us to talk about. And we don't want to drag it out of you. But if our listeners have enjoyed the first two installments, and what I would want to do is I'd really want to make this really enjoyable for them, uh, all they have to do is contribute. They can become part of the program. Uh, I can't invite everyone here. We don't have space or room. Although we've got probably enough space, we could get a few folks in here. Maybe that they, they'll have come. A little open house. Yes, we'll have a by invitation only sort of thing. Um, they can watch us do our oh, Facebook and YouTube. Facebook, Facebook Live. Yes, we could do Facebook and YouTube. Oh, what a brilliant idea! I'm glad you came up with that, Carolyn. <laughs> But our listeners can, for the meantime, or in the meantime, they can contribute. That would be great. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And if they will let us know what it is that they want to hear us talking about, whatever point, points, uh, they would want us to kind of cover, or discuss, could be relevant. I'm sure our listeners... Uh, <laughs> don't know entirely who's listening, but I'm sure they have all kinds of concerns in their life. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good opportunity to bring up questions and maybe even things you're dealing with that you aren't really sure how to address. I heard that on the radio this morning. They were talking about um, if you're dealing with, say, um, something to do with mental illness, and they were talking about, you know, do you feel comfortable going to your pastor? Are they trained for that? Have What's your experience? What's your thoughts? And my mind went to different scenarios. <clears throat> Sometimes we just need to, excuse me, bring up things that we're not sure really who to address. And, you know, perhaps we can point them in the right direction. But we definitely want to hear from you and what is going on in your life and what questions you have. Yes, and and though you term it mental illness and, and <laughs> that was their words, not mine. Okay. I want to make sure our listeners do though. We are not limited to that, nor do we want to necessarily see it within that context. Uh, you want to talk Bible. 
you want to talk salvation, especially Bible salvation, let us know if you have a question. Even if you have a complaint, I'll, I'll field complaints. I get to select which ones I want to talk about, but I'll field complaints. We're open to any feedback, all feedback. But some of what we do, though, in the pastoral care, specialized pastoral care services, realm of Christian counseling, specialized pastoral care, we do address folks who are having struggles. And I think that's an appropriate kind of segue into our, our broadcast for today in that we've got a life coach on. Now before we launch too much or go too far into that, get launched and go too far into that, let me just make this point though. Life coaching is different than other aspects of care. Uh, you can call it what to call it. There's counselors, there's psychologists, there's social workers, there's psychiatrists, there's specialized pastoral care or pastoral care. There's life coaches. Um, there's just all kinds of things, right, in that way. Because God knows we need assistance. And certainly he sent his son, Jesus Christ, and if I can make any distinction at this particular point, let it be this. Otherwise, I'm going to accept all of those as God-given. If Jesus isn't mentioned, though, don't go see them. Amen. <laughs> Unless you have to. And sometimes you do. Sometimes God will bless you with someone who doesn't know Jesus and still has equipped them and gifted them to take care of the body. So be discerning or discriminating and discerning in that way. Spiritually discerning and also at the same time discriminating. But if you're going to do counseling and it's not urgent, it's not emergent, it's not like life or death, then give some thought to that. Because we'd want... we. I believe we'd want our counsel to be first and foremost of the Holy Spirit, of Christ Jesus, as God would want them to be the purest manifestation of His Word, as would be then speaking directly to not only the person that is seeking help, assistance that we're talking to, but to us, so it would be through us. But that idea, though, that there's just a lot of issues that we'll talk about on the program, uh, it's all got ministries that we can't even probably imagine at this point. We've got missionary. I mean, just all kinds of things. So I want to make sure our listeners know it's not just mental illness, uh, although we may have a psychologist. We may have somebody who's professional that incorporates Christian counseling into it. But we're also going to be bringing on individuals who are life coaches, as in today's broadcast, many other sort of aspects of ministry, because God has equipped the body in all of these ways so there is no excuse if people need help, including us, if people need help and assistance, there's you can't say that the word is not liberally distributed. And that goes for practical help too, which I'm really excited about today's guest, but I'm also really excited about our next guest next week. No, no, you can't do it now. You have to tease at the end of the broadcast. It's against all the rules. Well, you have to stay tuned to hear about that <laughs> see, because it is an awesome opportunity. See, we've already turned it into a tease, yeah. as they say. <laughs> so so um, I was thinking about the broadcast today. Now we can launch on life coaches. Okay. So I was thinking about the broadcast today, and I know absolutely, conclusion I've come to is, I know absolutely, positively, nothing, 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 nothing significant about life coaching 
And this is going to be really informational, educational to me. So life coaching, I suppose then, is something, as I've kind of presented it thus far, at least I know enough about it in that way, that it is a ministry. But you might have to backfill me a bit because our guest, who is Rose Frazier, 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 Frazier from Tri-State Christian Care Center, and that's also over in Ohio. In Proctorville. You're going to have to learn some people. You're going to have to meet some people in West Virginia. Carolyn, you know everybody. We already have established that. But she is a life coach who's going to be on the program. So tell us a little bit about life coaching, and then we'll get to talking a bit about Rose as we get to that part of the segment of our part of the program, that segment of our program. Life coaching, I believe, differs from counseling and definitely psychotherapy in that there is not a diagnosis, there is no talk of medical terms necessarily. Not the medical model. Not a medical model. And sometimes it delves into psychosocial. However, it's mostly, there's a lot of listening involved. Of course, that's part of counseling. But there is a lot of hearing from God and then a lot of questions, a lot of asking questions. And then there moves into this phase where there's options. I think that's where it differs. So the goals or options that the coach helps the client develop then becomes their their plays and uh, their playbook, which is God's Word. However, it is dependent upon the beliefs of the client, which is part of that coaching, helping the player see what their strengths and weaknesses are, see where their beliefs are, because our actions come from our beliefs. Please take deep breaths. Yeah, that's a, give, a dead giveaway in it. He's about to say something. Really not sure what he's going to say. So I've looked something it up. profound. According to Bing. A definition. There we go. Here we go. What does a life coach actually do? And again, Bing is wonderful, right? Because I can do it like we're doing right now with my cell phone. But it does not cite necessarily a reference here. But I'm going to go ahead and read this. Uh, maybe it is wisegeek.com or something like that. I don't know. What does... I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, what does a life coach actually do? A life coach works one-on-one -on -one with a client to support personal growth, behavior modification, and goal setting based on the premise that most people can achieve their goals if properly guided. A life coach will act as a mentor, assisting the client in the process of taking the life-improving actions necessary to take control of the future. That sounds wonderful. I need to go see a life coach. I need to make a point, though. Do you think a pause strategically? They probably it don't sounds, know. It Listeners, like it's be when it goes blank on the radio, though, you don't know. Is it off the air? Did, you know, has something happened with the broadcast? No, we're still here. But I need to make a point, though. That is that everything, again, we do, we endorse, we support, starts with the Bible. And with that, then ends. Jesus was there from in the beginning as well. But uh, God knowing the end from the beginning. But with Jesus and in that power of the Holy Spirit. So, 
life coaching, this is important, life coaching is in general not predicated upon any particular worldview. It's like 12 steps. Anybody that's listened to the program up to this point probably has heard all they want to hear about uh, Celebrate Recovery at 12 Steps. So I won't go into too much of that. But 12 steps, as with Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, etc., says the God of your understanding. So, for me and my house, <laughs> and anything that otherwise is covered under the radio broadcast, and I believe you'll agree with me completely on this, is Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, and God the Father. It's Bible-based, Old and New Testament. I don't know enough about the different translations to get too nitpicky about that. I'm a King James guy, but that's probably got more to do with my age than anything else. So it's what I know. All my life, they, they didn't tell me to memorize all those verses and that they were going to change the translation, so I couldn't remember them. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but the idea, though, is, though, for us, we endorse, we stand on firmly, completely, totally the foundation of the Old and New Testament. That is God of our understanding. That is with that His Son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord and Savior, who comes to redeem us, to save us from sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are brought to life again. I know I'm going to miss something doctrine because I'm going too much into it. But I just want our listeners to know that's the only person they're going to hear on this program outside of me and you is someone who believes that same thing. Although there are a lot of life coaches, and I think that's what you were saying, in a more generic sort of way, that's what life coaching is. I wanted to point that out, and I'm glad you made that point. And I wanted our listeners to know, sure, you can go online and Google search and find a life coach, but that does not mean that they're going to point you in the right direction, meaning God's direction for your life. So it's very important that you know who's coaching you or you know who's helping you figure out what you need to do and how to do it. That's why our guest is from Tri-State Christian Care Center. So we know that everything they do at that business is pointing people towards Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit to do those things that is discussed. And, and I think we've said this, I believe we have, uh, if not so straightforward as I'm about to say it now, but even more so maybe in an indirect way, but I think pretty straightforward, is that, of course, our understanding of God is always flavored by our personality and different denominations themselves have different understandings of God that probably is personality driven in that people hang out together and they have similar cultural experiences and there's a lot to be said for that. And even those that certainly have read the Bible, the Apostle Paul, he didn't change what he was saying. He was still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He just ministered to the unique churches, right? Uh, in all his epistles, the letters to the churches. So and people get hung up on that sometimes because he was ministering to a different group of people at a different point in their, their sanctification, understanding of God, their maturity. And so he had to present that in a way that, that was understandable. So aside from those differences, which we are okay with, I am at least tolerant of. The notion, though, is we just want everybody to understand and believe, have trust, confidence in what we believe, and that is that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and no one gets to God. No one gets salvation except through Jesus Christ. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. So to the extent or degree that people have those kind of circumstances coming up in their life where they want Christian counseling and they want to be sure that the person they're talking to is indeed a Christian, I just want to make sure they know that now. That we will not withhold, hide, deceive, lie. <laughs> Lying is probably the easiest way to say that about anything to them. We are straightforward and straight up on all those points. And that's what we're, all, we're always going to be about. We are always going to point people towards the truth. And the truth is God's Word. That's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So I feel like that as our listeners tune in, they're always going to be, yes, pointed towards what God has to say. But as you mentioned, our, our beliefs are predicated partly on our upbringing, partly on our surroundings. So it's important that we look at that because it will help determine our goals and the things that we talk about. But they're all Christian-based. Our beliefs are all Christian-based, so we want our listeners to know they're all Christian-based. So, you know Rose. Yes, I do. Fairly well. So, have you gone through some training as a life coach? I am just beginning formal training, but I have been in life coaching for several years. Probably about nine, I think. I can't quite remember. I believe it's about nine years. And going through the the training process has been quite interesting compared to being a client. Which so I've gotten to see both sides now. Yeah. So so would it be fair to ask you to sort of share a little bit? You don't have to share the details, obviously, unless you want to tell everybody everything. <laughs> everything. It's a wonderful opportunity, Carolyn. You could just confess it all to the world right now. Uh, but at least a little bit of the experience of what that's like to go through that. Oh boy, where would I begin that answer? There, I think the biggest word I would say is eye-opening. And you might find that strange or odd way to put it, but I believe there's so much about ourselves that we don't even really know or look at. So when you have someone sort of walk through your thoughts and your beliefs with you, I think it was very eye-opening, not just about myself, but about God. And I never realized some things that I believed about him, some things I believed about myself. So I would encourage our listeners to definitely not rule it out, thinking, well, I don't need a coach. I I know what to do. Do you really? And how is that working for you? Well, well, you know, they say that. They say, and and actually I think it's probably for, I mean, I'm not sure if precepts, uh, if you're talking medical model, uh, psychology, uh, a lot of psychology programs, more formal uh, programs require it. Uh, I don't know that all do. Probably every discipline has an opportunity. <laughs> Unless you go through it, you really don't know anything about it. And, and to the extent or degree that, that those individuals who are ministering in that way would have otherwise experienced that, 
I would think that that would be an advantage. So, so for you going in and talking to somebody in that context, uh, was that at all daunting? Uh, and why a life coach? Why did you choose a life coach? Well, I have to be honest and transparent and say that I felt God led me there. It was very interesting, the well, circumstances. Would, would be okay to say that. Well, it was, it was, you know, it was meant to be, sounds sort of cliche, but I feel like God led us there through these circumstances. So I went with it. Um, I was pretty desperate at the time and needed help. And I wasn't getting that help at my church. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say anything negative about our church or our pastor or the people there. And so when I went, it was a little bit daunting. There was a little bit of emotion to it. There was always a feeling that I knew that God was going to help me in the end. When I left, I felt like I had a plan. I was trusting in God with this plan. I had an idea of what, where I was going with it. So there was some comfort in that. I had confidence in my coach. Of course, there had to be a development of that relationship and trust. And we went there. And so it was, it was very, like I said, very eye-opening, but also helpful. Uh, there's so many adjectives I can use to say that, to say my experience. However, the most would be the testimony of the changes and how my life was affected. Because anybody can just tell you something, but when you start to see real change and see God moving your life, then you know there's something going on here. There's, there's more happening. So, so I, I suppose then I could take from that 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 has impressed you enough that <laughs> now you not only are wanting to do or wanting to do or called to do the pastoral care, uh, but also you were talking about certification as a life coach. So you're planning to pursue some sort of similar certification in your own life. So I think that's I think that would be like one of the best testimonies, right? This has been such a good experience for me. I want to go become one, sort of like with Jesus, right? That's how the disciples, the apostles, that's how we are. You know, we have that life-changing experience that we want to go not only tell the world about it, but we want to become a disciple of Christ. I always so, knew, not to interrupt you, I always knew that that encouragement, I felt like it was my spiritual gift. I, I knew that it was going to be that direction. I just mm-hmm. didn't know how or where, but I, I have felt that in my life for a long time. So this, it's not necessarily like a new revelation, but to find the niche where he wanted me. And if you had told me that, I would have been totally surprised. I never saw that coming, so to speak. But... You know, that's what's come in my path, and I feel like that's where God's leading me. And we have said in previous programs, and (laughs) I might miss the chance to say it again today, that these are all ministries, right, tools that God gives us. And so, no, it's like the body. (laughs) The feet are no less important than are the eyes, right? Uh, At least that's the conceptualization of it. And there was something you were saying earlier, you know, uh, about also just kind of reaching out to people. These are all tools. Sometimes people are going to be more receptive because of their own personal experiences. 
to a, a particular type. Some people are going to feel quite comfortable in groups. Other people hate groups. Mm -hmm. Hate groups. Uh, some people might be more inclined to want to go within the medical, more medical model. Again, as long as they're Christian, we're good with that. Uh, or the psychological, or the social work. You know, and I thought about that too. Uh, the Apostle Paul had said he becomes all things to all men so he might win them over to Christ. I think that's sort of what he's speaking of. Is not that we change the message, the presentation, but I, I don't know about the you, medium. but I can't be all things because I'm limited in my talents. But God has blessed me to do a lot of different things, and obviously he's blessed you to do multiple things within that avenue, that lane mm -hmm. of ministering to others as with pastoral care, hopefully this life coaching. So we're going to change things up a bit today for all kinds of reasons, but I think we're at a great point where we're going to take a break and remind our listeners they're listening to Covenants. I'm Dr. Michael David Clay and with me Carolyn Barnett, but we're going to bring our guest on and let her, Rose Fraser from Tri-State Christian Care Center, we're going to bring her on and let her explain what it's like and then Carolyn, we're going to bring it back to you and then you can kind of help us to maybe understand more fully what digest sort of what Rose has shared with us. So we're going to take that break and we'll be right back. All right, we are back and uh, we've got a very special guest. Uh, they're all special, Carolyn. We've got Rose Fraser, though, from Tri State Christian Care Center. And Rose, I don't know if you've ever, are you new at doing broadcast? No, I've had a couple opportunities. I've been invited on another couple shows that's helped me to be able to explain exactly what I'm up to and what God is up to in me and for the community and the, and even abroad, the community for Tri-States Care and the way that we care there. So tell us about the broadcast, the other programs that you're on. What was the interest and what direction they take you in? Well, Tom Roden Show asked me to come oh, in. Oh, Tom. <laughs> Carolyn, he does more people than you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he wanted to know exactly if I, if I was working with people even in um, like the 12 steps or in drug-related uh, issues. He wanted to know if I was able to tackle some of those issues. And then the next time he wanted to actually know what was the heart of the ministry uh, and what I believed was helping people at the heart of this ministry. So, of course, uh, drug addiction is a huge topic, but I'm sure that's probably not the only folks that you end up seeing. No, not at all. That's just one of many um, problems that people are trying to work around or navigate or control. Usually it's control issues, and those go out towards food issues, um, being too nice issues, uh, people pleasing there's just in a broad way of what I believe from a Christian's point of view there is a fleshly way that comes after people and that's the way people will that's the way people will go until they know differently well before you got here <laughs> in the segment itself uh, Carolyn was kind of explaining to us what life coaching was in a general sort of way and we've already dismissed 
the fact that, or at least acknowledge the fact, dismiss the fact, I guess, that it's a medical model, because it really isn't. You don't offer a diagnosis, you don't employ necessarily those kind of things that within the realm of the professional, psychological, counseling, social work. It is distinctive and unto itself. So you just sort of make a, a more general appraisal based on, again, conversation, interview, talking to the person, finding out what brings them there, what their real needs are? Yes. Um, what it normally happens to be for, for them is they want to know really what coaching is. It's, it's like a team. It's like Tri-State's a team. And if they want to be a client there, they're on the team. I'm the, co I'm the coach. God is the owner. So we get our cues. Both of us are in a seating position of following. But they want to know things. So I want to know what they believe, even to the grassroots of about God and how they came and how they had come to know him. I'm very, very stressed at times when I hear the concept of God is horrible. And oddly, the concept of Jesus is wonderful. But Jesus is God, so there's a conflict. And until they can marry the word God to the word Jesus and Savior, there's conflict and nothing changes if nothing changes. So therefore, I want to hear what they believe about God. And I believe when I do a, a history, I'm going through a step process, um, which you all are very aware of the 12 steps. So it's adopted into helping believers go through that step process intentionally so that I can hear um, through the gifts of His Spirit, what they believe about Him. And He speaks for Himself. And I will ask through prayer for Him to speak to them. And I have to believe that He's speaking to them, even as we are speaking together. And they will share with me what they're believing about Him. And some of those beliefs are true. But unfortunately, a lot of those beliefs are not. They're lies. They're lies about God, which I believe started in the book of Genesis at the Garden where he was lied on as though he was not enough for Eve with everything he had given her and Adam. Um, the liar came and made it about God. If it wasn't about God, he would never have mentioned him. He would have just said, hey, that's a nice piece of fruit. Have a bite. But he didn't. He mentioned that something accusingly about God. So when I hear that, that's the first step of listening to what makes them feel powerless, what makes them feel controlled or powerful. Because a lot of my believing family in Christ really do, don't really get um, where they're powerful at. Well, and I, and I think as I'm listening, right, for me, what, well, how I'm interpreting that is is that, that either you're powerful through God or you try to be powerful through yourself mm -hmm. and, or you find somebody else that can be powerful on your behalf because there's a lot of things in life that have to be overcome or worked through, et cetera, et cetera. And with that, there's all kinds of growth that hopefully goes along with it, uh, accompanies that. But if you don't have that relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and with an understanding that God is, God is not against you, it's for you. You know, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's right out of King James, Carolyn. I was always accused, though, what I was doing by a little bit of foray in coaching when my kid was, and every father probably at some level that has any interest in sports is going to coach their kid, right? But I was always told, though, that I was a little bit too much of a disciplinarian. And though I don't think I've ever yelled at anybody, the 
kids or whatever. But I did have some expectations. They show up for practice. But, you know, I do think people kind of unfortunately mistake the messaging of the Bible as permission to not have to work. But I do think that there's a certain element of work. We've talked about the 12 steps. And, and though you can't save yourself... And work is not going to save you, but there's much that needs to be done with the body to prepare it so that it might fully receive and operate in the gift of the Holy Spirit. And people do get hung up in their misconceptions about God and what He's trying to get or accomplish. You know, is He trying to punish me? Is He mean? Do I need to hide from Him? All those things probably do does speak. They do speak to whether or not they're at a level of maturity that they could receive. Mm -hmm. And you'd have to tailor, I'm sure, your message mm -hmm. to wherever they're at. Yes, I need to follow them because they're telling me what they believe. I do not tell them what they believe, nor do I tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. They're optionary. Here are your options. And then, yeah, if I'm going to invest uh, in uh, your life with you, then there is work on your side. If you don't do the work that's... Uh, asking of you, then you're actually telling me, I maybe just want someone to cry to or complain to, or I may just want to feel sorry for myself, and will you do that for me? And I do not. Compassion is different than feeling sorry for someone. Yes. I like how you put that. Uh, I have been in those situations as well, and that doesn't always go over very well whenever they decide that, or they understand mm -hmm. that uh, you're really not going to, and they have the decision they have to make. Then Do they really want to come at work? But when they have to make that decision, uh, sometimes folks do want that. They just want that not, as you put it, not necessarily compassion, just the sympathy. Yeah. Yes, they do. And I understand that. Um, Self-pity is a problem for people when they don't understand. I've noticed that anything that God can do for me, the enemy will use the flesh to counterfeit it, just like compassion of Christ turns into self-pity of the flesh. And so I realize that I have to have his discernment to help me to not be defensive through self-pity. And a lot of people have a problem with that, or they have a real self-righteous mode where they know so much Bible, they Bible me. And I don't need to be Bible. Mm -hmm. I need them to understand that we're really following the Spirit. And I went to Bible college. I can Bible you all day long. I know a lot of Bible. But guess what? Things weren't changing for me when I needed them to change. Just because I could quote a scripture verse doesn't mean that I feel the power of the Holy Spirit to step over something that's taking me down. Yes. So be able to help someone, tell me what you believe, and then the shame that shows up is amazing because they couldn't, uh, they know so much, but they couldn't make something change. And I'm like, that is not coming from God. That is the world and the world system and the enemy that runs that system shames you into some kind of good deed and then tells you shame on you because you couldn't do the good deed. Well, and I really appreciate now while you began in the Garden of Eden and how the devil tempted because really that's where it all begins is the predicate is have you learned your lesson? <laughs> If we could put it that way, that you can't do it, that you need God and you need His Word, and then in that are cooperative. Because if you're not, and you try to do it of yourself, or if you do it out of any other motive other than relationship, and then with Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, it's not going to work, even if it's good advice. I mean, the Old Testament is filled full of really, really good advice. But nobody's saved until Jesus appears. Right. Right. He is the, the center stage. No one, in my opinion, my opinion, can handle being the center of attention. Um, 
I believe he is the center stage, and he says, walk by the Spirit. So therefore, I'm coming, I'm considered in Christ, walking beside the Spirit, learning how to walk on the path of righteousness for his namesake. That could sound so religious, but it's not. It's relational, and he's told me we are in a relationship, and it really uh, blows my mind that he, it's like he says, I don't need to know how much you know, Rose. We have a relationship. Think of it this way. I'm a journaler. I will journal things, and I really was big into it more than I am now, but I'm learning to journal things. Again, differently though, I'm a different journaler. Let's say you go down and you find all my journals, and you come upstairs from where they're at, and you just talk to me in my journals. You just keep telling me and quoting me. You just quote me all over the place about my journals. And I'm actually trying to talk to you about you and me and where we're going with this, but you keep quoting. I see here at 14 you got, you got saved. And I'm like, yes. But see, you're journaling me. I don't need you to journal me. Just talk with me. Well, and I was kind of impressed this morning. I was in Exodus, and, and Moses was talking to God, and, and you know, he was offering atonement for the people, and they'd melt all the gold into a calf. And he says, take me out of your book of life, or take me out of your book. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, the Lamb's book of life, and I know the book of Revelation, John the Revelator, shares with us that there is that book. But, you know, I just got to think of, well, you know, he was also just telling them, you can take me out of your story, God if that meant that they got to stay in your story. But it is God's story, and He's got a narrative. But what yes. I'm hearing you say, too, is, is that you're reflecting, modeling what you're, what you're doing with a client mm -hmm. is really what you've come to learn God does in Jesus Christ with you. And I think about the paraclete. Yes. I think life coach, then, is a paraclete. It is, indeed. I am life coached. I have had the same coach in my life for over 25 years. That person has watched me uh, grow. And guess what? While I'm coaching, I make it really clear. I hope you understand, since I'm not the answer, I can be God's answer in your life, but I can't be your answer because I'm not going to do this perfectly. I'm going to walk with you and beside you, and he's going to use me in your life like he uses someone in my life to help me hear me because sometimes what I think inside my head sounds excellent. It sounds perfect. And then when I get it outside my head and my coach says, did you just hear what you yeah. said? And I'm like, yeah. Didn't it sound great? No. Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, what? Because inside of the old mindset is I'm perfect. I do everything right. And someone comes along and says, that's not true. That was not... I've had days where I didn't understand that it was okay to be wrong, uh, even about God, mm -hmm. because that would feel, make me feel very threat, thre threatened that he was now mad at me and mm -hmm. he thinks I should have known. None of that was ever true, but I forget there's a liar who likes to mimic, who likes to accuse. I do forget that. And then if I buy the lie, if I buy the lie, that sounds so close to the truth then I live the lie. Mm -hmm. 
and then I hurt myself. And worse than that, in my opinion, is I hurt the people I love. Well, well, the way he trips me up the most is I think I've gotten there <laughs> only, only to discover that I'm a long way off. You know, I think, oh, yeah, I finally got this down. I'm starting to feel good about myself. And then pride starts to take over. And then all of a sudden you begin to realize, ah, you're not there. You know, and it's not that God was trying to make me pay or punish me. I don't know if right. pay is the right word, right. but somehow get something out of me, confess that in such a, a negative sort of way. He's just trying to let me know, yeah, you're maybe not quite where you think you are just yet. But fortunately, as with the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit, he's also there in Christ and the Holy Spirit, paraclete, to help me then to get that feedback, take that feedback, looking in that mirror. As you were saying about your life coach, she was like a mirror, he or she. She. She was like a mirror. She reflected things back to you that you couldn't see in your own head. But once you saw those, then she was also nurturing and supportive. But she wasn't like condemning. She was just showing you what you were. Oh, it felt like she was mean. I would think, wow, she's mean. And you know what? She wasn't. She Mm -hmm. was never mean to me. She was just telling me the truth about something. And my... um, old way of thinking was getting in the way and so she would help me to understand that one like in step um, two it says that there's a power that can restore me to sanity well if I have to be restored where have I been and so some of those lies I'm telling you when they start crawling back into my thinking I literally feel crazy in my head, like I'm crazy, I'm crazy again. But I meet with her every two weeks Mm -hmm. because I need the continual help because I'm still growing. I've had people who came, who who have come for years, and those who came and then stopped, and then came back and said, I need this again. And I will say, well, welcome back. I've grown. So let me tell you where I've grown now. Mm -hmm. Because i got to grow too because I'm not the answer. God doesn't grow. Because he's the answer. Yes. So I find it humbling to be in the position now. Before I thought deserving because I've been to college, I got experience, I got this, I've done that. And now I'm like, no, it's a privilege and a calling to sit in the seat of a life coach. Because here I'm going to tell you my definition of life coach is helping you to determine who is your life and once I walk with someone and go who is your life because whoever is your life is the source that you are running to to live this life and if God is not your life source and you've turned him weirdly into a resource then who is your life source and it's usually myself or my husband or my wife or my children or a political party, or a church, or just some weird position out there. Mm-hmm. There's where I'm getting my life from. And that's usually where insanity comes in. Because there's not a human being who's doing everything right. So that Except is, Jesus. That's the only yes. one that yes. I can yes. lean into and say, is that true? And I lean in, because he says, lean into me, not your understanding. Mm-hmm. So if I bring my understanding to the morning time with him and go, is that true? Why can't we just ask him? Why do I have to go to the Bible? Why can't I just ask him and say, is that true? And for here, that spirit go, yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. And I will echo that in this Bible that's been mm-hmm. written. Mm-hmm. So when I go looking for it, or there it is. that's not true, mm-hmm. and it is not echoed mm-hmm. in there, but it's been manipulated and out of context to make you think it's true. Mm-hmm. 
And as again, as much as that, that coming to Jesus <laughs> accountability or that accounting uh, that you kind of make when you, you speak with Him in that sort of manner, it is such that, that you have opened yourself to receive and then in that, maybe, maybe even so, knowing some of the Bible, have an awareness. But until you can have that personal relationship with Him and you can speak to Him in that manner, and then with that, as you said, you have another source uh, to validate date that so that you can go back to the word and you can look and say well is that really there or show me where it's there and I know the Holy Spirit's there because he authored that as much as he is in you authoring your hopefully as you've turned it over to him your life your thoughts your book your narrative as it fits into God's so Carolyn (laughs) you've been very patient and you've been listening and taking it on so did you want to comment well, I was thinking, I started to jump in when you said that, but I, I wanted to hear, I wanted to let you finish your thought. But you mentioned your coach, and you felt like at times she would, could be mean. And I, I, I hope it's okay if I disclose this, but I think there's been times when you asked me if I felt like you were being mean to me. And see, that's the difference in that we know where we're headed. And so, and what did I tell you? I was not mad. And I received it and because I knew the direction that you were leading me. And it always goes back to Jesus, to God, as you said, when we connect those two together. But it, that, it harkens, I'm echoing back to my eye-opening when he first asked me about you know my experience, my first thought was kind of eye-opening because there was so much I didn't know that I believed or even acted on those beliefs. I didn't even realize. And so, you know, when we would walk through, and sometimes there were some really hard things that we walked through. Mm-hmm. There was about a year, David, that I cried. I called it my year of crying because it was it was heartbreaking to realize what you believe or what you think. And so I took that in without condemnation, without shame, because I knew my coach was coaching me. You see me do my little quotation marks over there. Coaching me. A coach of a football team is not going to have a great team if he shames them all the time and tells them how bad they're doing. So I knew, not just encouragement, but I knew that you were le- you were leading me and God was leading me in a right path that he had for me. But I had to see that and then I had to trust that that was the right path. And that's a whole nother subject to talk about with trust. But I wanted to mention that to you because I, I was thinking about that and I thought, well, you know, there's probably been many times somebody else would have got mad. I guarantee it. But I feel like when you have went to a coach that you know is coaching you, following the Holy Spirit, helping you hear what God is saying to you, then then we don't have to be angry because it's all in love for a, for a positive outcome. So Rose, as much as... 
couldn't have expected a better endorsement, right? Testimonial. Mm-hmm. And, and truthfully, I did not have any idea that you were Carolyn's life coach. So, so Carolyn, you need to tell me these things in advance. But the idea, though, is the spontaneity, her heart, she genuinely, sincerely, honestly appreciated all those things that you said that you try to do or how life coaching is different. She's gotten all that from that relationship with you. She's experienced it in that manner. Well, I want to say something about that because I realized in life coaching, uh, if, I, if I can't be my whole self, what's holding me back? And my coach has helped me to be my whole self, even the parts that don't look so so good, and even the, the stupid beliefs that I could think that were true that weren't. And I think part of the coaching, Carolyn, that we had is you just being you with me. And mm-hmm. that was practice time, being yourself. Mm-hmm. Being When we're together, you be yourself, I'll be myself. We both mess up, we get it. You go be yourself, and you've got to have somewhere where you can come and be yourself. And that, to me, um, is about so much what I couldn't do in the world. I want to be myself at home, at work, out in public. I don't want to be, well, this is who I am when I'm here, and this is who I am when I'm there, because that is exhausting. But so... Coaching is a time where practice comes in. You practice being all of you. Because Carolyn used to precursor a lot of what she says. Oh, you're probably going to think when I tell you this. She used to say that all the time. And I'd say, oh, am I? Is that what I'm going to think? And then we would laugh because she had such a decision in her head that I would think a certain way. And then as we went on, she quit saying that because I did finally say, truthfully, I don't need you to think for me. I really can think for myself and... You can just be yourself, Mm -hmm. and I'll think, and then I'll tell you what I think, and then we'll see if God agrees, because I'm not the author of truth. But that was a practice field, in my opinion, where Carolyn or anyone I'm working with practice being in a relationship with me. It is a relationship. Mm -hmm. Coaching is not just we see you once a week, see you later. Coaching is you also get an opportunity a couple times a week to reach out and say, I'm I'm stuck. And when I get a moment, or if I have that moment, I'll call and go, okay, what's your situation? Okay, what are you thinking there? And what are you feeling? Which usually gets left out of the equation. What are you feeling there? Is that feeling true? Or is that feeling got a lie attached to it? hang up. You know, that's coaching. Coaches are different because we're given an opportunity of, of, uh, to reach out even off hours, off the, out of the office, so to speak, because it's a relationship that we're building here. And she mentioned trust. I'm like, okay, so we are learning to relate to each other so she can go out there and be her whole self. Not because she hears Rose in her head, but because she hears God's truth in her head and He is with her. To be herself. I don't believe a person can be their whole self without him. First, there's sin involved, and I have to figure out how to navigate around that. Then then when the Holy Spirit comes in, he says, we're going to help. I'm going to help you. I'm the helper. I don't need any help. He doesn't need any help. I need help. So I'm going to help you be your whole self. I am just a hologram when I am with people and I can't be my whole self. With God, who comes in and makes one complete, me, I now, he's filled that hole in the soul, 
given me a new spirit, a new heart that does not want to sin. He's given me the mind of Christ so that I need all that going on so I can be my whole self in a world system full of sin and crazy. Well, and you set that up well earlier, not saying that you wouldn't or that you're not a pro at this. No. <laughs> the idea, though, is you establish it in Christ. You said that at the beginning. If you try to do that of you, it's not going to work. But if you do that of Christ, and then, and then again would want to say it again, once more, that the relationship with Jesus never ends. And as much as we do anything, we do it in the Holy Spirit, or we do it as two or more gather together in His name. He's in the midst of us, you and your client, us and whoever we're working with, uh, whoever it might be, whatever, any type of relationship. It's done in Jesus. It's done in the Holy Spirit. It's done by authority and proclamation of God to restore that relationship that's been stolen from us, thief, stole from us, devil, Satan. But the notion of it is, though, Jesus will be with you. The Holy Spirit will be with you. You may not, Rose, in a physical dimension, be able to be with everybody forever, right? At least in a, a material certain way. But you will be with them forever in a hereafter sort of way. And that relationship, what I'm hearing you say, is not disrupted by the material dimension because it is centered in Christ, then all those things that you share with that person as with the Holy Spirit will endure. That is really what qualifies, I think, for the inclusion in the Lamb's Book of Life. Right? Moses was, show me your glory. It was close to that passage when I think he was up on the mountain maybe having that same conversation. But the idea though is, is the glory of God is not always to be counted quantitatively as much as it is qualitative. Yes, there are those measures of you hang out together, you talk, but when you're one in spirit and you're connected in that way, that never is broken. Why? Because we're that same way of Jesus. Right. And that sounds to me like how you conceive of or you look at that is it's all founded. It's all established in one's relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, he uh, is center stage. It's I'm in him. It's it's about him. And you said the narrative from Genesis to Revelation, the the revel the word that we have shows us it's always been about him. It's always been about him, and he's always been holy. But the accusation is he isn't, and so he messes up. And because I don't understand, then he's got something that he's doing wrong. And what I hear him saying to me is, remember, you don't know everything. That set me uh, free from realizing, oh, there's been things that's happened that I've talked to him. I go, I don't agree with that. And, but then I hear this kind voice say, I know you don't, but you don't know everything. So that helps me to walk free. And that's my goal, that people will be willing to let themselves be free. Even around sin and crazy, they still can be free. Free from what? Free from the, the fleshly tendency. Um, I feel like God has told me, tell, your, tell them that it is not my flesh, it is the flesh. The scripture talks about the flesh. Don't identify it with who you are. It may be how I used to be and who I used to be, but now I'm coaching. See, I got corrected by the Spirit and redirected. Do not tell them my flesh. Your flesh acts like this, your flesh acts... No, tell them this is the flesh that comes after them because that's not who they are. This is who they are. I tell them who they are. My kingdom is what where they're at. They're in my backyard, and I am the keeper of the gate. And I will help them know the truth, because I am the truth. And I will show them, when it gets really close to looking like the truth, that it's not. 
and then I will help them walk in a manner that helps them to feel whole and peace because he's their peace. That narrative is what I was really astounded. I read the Bible for years and I'd come out thinking of me. And God was like, go back in and when you come out thinking of me, because it's really about him, and I really want it to be now, uh, you will hear what I'm where I'm telling you to go. I will bring things to you. And that's the 12 steps. I don't have to go out and try to do the 12 steps, nor do I coach that, because the step will come to me. A situation will come to me and say, do you have power here or do you not have power here? And I need this, the wisdom of God to say, I do not have power here. So therefore, I've come to believe that there's a power greater than me that can help me, A, use that power to step over this old fleshly tendency. That's one reason why he's telling me that. Or he gives me the power to refrain. Just step out. This is not even about you anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so easy if you could approach it that way at the very beginning? But that is the word, and that's how we're supposed to look at that. Right. Uh, that surrender to prayer thing is what it comes back to. So, so folks might continue to see you. That relationship may be, again, quantitatively demonstrated, manifested in, in regular conversation, uh, meeting with you. It could be interrupted for any number of reasons, mm -hmm. right, in a physical sort of dimension, material sort of way, but the connection is still there. They could come back at some point in the future, uh, but you're, <laughs> whether in season or out of season, you're prepared and ready to preach the gospel and to not only preach it, but to deliver it in relationship and minister it out of that relationship. So, so how do folks get a hold of you or how do folks contact you if they might be or would be interested in meeting with you now that they know a little bit about you, know about your, your uh, testimony, your profession, what it's all based upon, Jesus Christ, the Word of God. How do they go about reaching out to you? Well, we have our number. Do you want me to give? My oh, yeah. My, yes, please. The number for Tri-State is 740-516-0208. That's 740-516-0208. They can come to the office in 411, on Pro, uh, 411 County Road, Proctorville, or they can call me on the phone. They can FaceTime, Zoom time. I, because of the um, pandemic, I was already doing FaceTime with people in different parts of the country before the pandemic was even a thing. Um, but because of the pandemic, it really was a benefit for me to have already had it in place, um, a, uh, the FaceTime or the Zooming, you know, the uh, working over computer or something. So a lot of people will come to the office for an initial if they can get there, if they're close enough. And then it helps them to know they can hook in through FaceTime and meet that way as well. But that's the main ways. It's my phone number. That's that's where we're located in Proctorville, Ohio. Um, you're welcome to call for an appointment. And then see if God is fitting them to me. Because I know that they're coming in to like a trying on something. Let's see if God is fitting us together. And again, I want to go back to something that you said or we were talking, discussing at the very beginning of the segment is that you are not exclusive to any particular problem or difficulty. And, and if it were to be to any particular problem or difficulty, it would just be the universal struggle, right, with the flesh, not my flesh, but the flesh, and 
fulfilling again God's desire, will, promise in Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Uh, our participation, our obedience to that one singular message. I want to save you. Right? I want to help you. You can't save them. Jesus can. But you can be the paraclete. You can be the life coach. Right. The relationship is not time dimension in, in bound by any sort of dimension of time. It is relationship driven. That is so true because I literally feel like the Lord had to help me to say, to literally say, Rose, don't Bible me. Just talk with me. So that was the relationship. I thought because I knew Bible, I knew God. And he was like, no, that's not how this works. I talk to you and we have a relationship. And I, I know that was shocking to me. So yes, I want to be able to have a relationship with him. And I've been growing since, um, well, a long time. But Tri-State's been there for 10 years. This is our 10th year. And so, but I've grown the whole time I've been there. And to come down to it, it's there's lots of tools that we have to help um, to have interaction of doing the work that's not easy to do but necessary. But he doesn't want me to tool him either. You know, don't use that tool on me. Talk to me because I have tools just to help people get used to. How do you feel? I'm really surprised that a lot of people don't know how they feel. They just know they're mad, but they don't know if they feel rejected or they feel abandoned. Um, but there's, how do you feel? I don't know. So we go over a low, st I just start poking the bear saying this feeling, that feeling, no, no. How about this feeling? That's it. Where does it hurt? You yeah. even had a picture. <laughs> <laughs> David, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I was so out of tune with how I felt that Rose literally had a page of faces and was like, which one do you identify with? Because I didn't know how I felt. Yeah. That how covered up we are I mean it's it's really kind of it's sad it's scary but it, you know we don't even know how we feel and so that relationship with your coach is really key because that you know they're hearing from God you're hearing from them but I don't hear your voice in my head even though it's things we've discussed it's God reminding me so of his truth of his truth right right Right. Feelings are interesting. I always tell my clients, hey, feelings are interesting. They, they can't, you can't live on them, but they can help you live. Mm -hmm. And so they're part of how we were made, too. So when people just stuff their feelings, they're saying, God made a mistake. He gave me these feelings. I'm just going to stuff them out. Yes. And so when I work with people, we find out how they actually feel. And she's right. Um, she uh, would be a deer in a headlight when I would say, how does that make you feel? I know that's cliche in counseling, mm -hmm. but I do care about how that makes that person feel because God cared about how I felt. Well, it's comforter. Paraclete not only leads into not, with knowledge and understanding unto that knowledge and understanding that we get that, but he comforts us along the way. So feelings are important as well. So anyone who is now listening to the broadcast... And would want to see Rose. How do they call you again? My number is 740-516-0208. I have voicemail that will pick you up if I'm busy. Or I'll call you at my... At when you get a chance. That's right. So call. Really, that's the best thing just to tell. Just call. And call that number. And uh, in our last segment, Rose, we'll go ahead and try to repeat that number. Just make sure that they've got that. But... Uh, if you feel led of the Holy Spirit, 
that you want to reach out to Rose, do so. We would certainly uh, encourage you to do that because God does, I think, and Rose said this earlier, He directs us, leads us to the people that He knows will help us the most. And uh, I know, Rose, that your ministry is active and vital and that you're helping a lot of folks. And uh, (laughs) if I could speak on behalf of God, I want to thank you for that, Rose. Uh, We're so glad that uh, you're obedient to the vision. All right, we're going to take another break. And then, Carolyn, you and I are going to wrap this up. But I want to remind our listeners, they're listening to Covenants. And I'm Dr. Michael David Clay, and with me, Carolyn Barnett. We'll be back in a moment. All right, Carolyn, we're back. That was impressive. You know what I was thinking, though, while Rose was uh, discussing all that she was discussing and sharing with her listeners, with us and our listeners? What? That's really what covenants is. At least the program. Now, we do, again, we do specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling. Right? So we do some of the same things maybe that she does. We do it from a little bit of a different approach. It's the pastoral care model, which, you know, is a little different than the life coaching. Doesn't add to, doesn't take away from certainly the word or the intention or, or what we believe as far as the Holy Spirit, the healing that comes from Jesus, the word of God, that the ministering of the Holy Spirit. Right. But on the radio... We're doing the same thing. We're forming relationships. Yes. We're forming friendships. Yes. And the intention of that, of course, in my mind, I think you share the vision. I mentioned that at the close of the segment with Rose, uh, obedient to the vision. But I think the vision of that is, is that's what God's impressing me with, is that the body cannot be separated, should not be, and cannot afford to be at this point in time, for what time is worth, at this point in time, we need to work together. Yes. We do not need to be concerned or afraid or, or worried or whatever the right adjective would be mm-hmm. that somehow blessing another ministry or blessing another denomination or blessing another church or participating is somehow going to be harmful. And, and I think that I get why sometimes that is. People get there, there because of doctrinal issues. And I'm not saying doctrine's not important. But we're in a time when we need to evangelize. And if we truly have the harvest, <laughs> the reapers are overtaking the sowers. If that's where we are right now, then we need to all be out of the field reaping mm-hmm. the harvest. And we do not need to be divided on any right. of these points. And, right. and I'll say one other thing. I'll give it to you. I know Rose is not denominationally driven, at least not in, in her ministry uh, that we spoke of today, her life coaching. And with that, we are not either. So what that basically means then is, Carolyn, that we do not necessarily want to endorse any particular denomination or faith or faith walk. What we really want to do is we want to rightly bring the body together and, and translate as best we can all the moving parts. And how do we do that? We centered upon Jesus Christ. Which is, you know, amazingly so. That's this in, sim- in simplicity. It's amazing in such simplicity. But that really is the Bible. How do all these how many people now in the world? 
three hundred and some million or mm. bill. I don't know million, not billion. Is it billion? I don't know how many it world. is. In the world, yeah, I think so. In the world, who knows? <laughs> I'm not. As most of our listeners by this point can tell, I am not a math guy. But the notion of it is, or statistics guy, the notion of it is though. How do you bring all those people and cultures together? The only way you could do that is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that's our goal. Our listeners, I hope that you will understand that. If you haven't gotten it already, eventually you will, that we are about bringing people together and communicating together to not only endorse Jesus Christ, but to allow people to see the other resources that are available to them and then hopefully receive some help out of that. Well, and, and I think, too, this, uh, this notion that, that, <laughs> that we're on the radio. You know, we tease at the beginning, not the kind of tease that we're going to do here in the end, but we were, we were kind of kidding at the beginning that we're novice at this. Well, we are. <laughs> I never thought I was going to have a radio program when I went to school, when I learned what I learned, when I completed my doctorate. I never thought that this would include radio broadcast. And, and in the same sort of way, I never thought what I see today, if you'd asked me five years ago, six years ago, would I ever see what I have seen over the last six years? I would have told you no. But I suppose that is the way God works, right? Or the Holy Spirit works. He presses us into service. And certainly you and I know how to do the pastoral care, the Christian counseling piece. But, you know, we're ambassadors of Christ. Right. And, and though we do that in our home, hopefully, as with Rose was speaking of integrity, in our home, we do that with our family, extended family, with integrity. We do that within our community, our neighbors, with integrity. We do that in our church, you know, in our, our uh, cities that we live in. You live in a different city than I do, but we do it within the, the context of the geographical boundaries of the city. But... With the radio, we get this wonderful opportunity, with the broadcast and the podcast, we get this wonderful opportunity to take what, we're, what God's given us to another level. And that is to really do what I do individually, and we do with that integrity. We're now part of bringing, I'm hoping, the world together in a measure or way that is Christ-centered. Now, again, I, I hate cliches. I spout yes, them a lot, but I hate cliches. Me too. But when they say we're in this together, there is a dimension of that that unfortunately is <laughs> unnecessarily, or necessarily, unfortunately, it has become kind of a bad cliche in the sense that it's associated with the COVID thing. <laughs> of course, you already know my sentiments on COVID. I don't like any of it, right? The COVID thing, the shutdown, all that. And, and a lot of the people who were saying it's, we're in this together really were saying it out of a more political... It's yes. a, but, but it is true. There's a truth to us. I have to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, is the old saying, the old cliche whip. <laughs> but the idea, though, is that we are, but we have to be in this in Jesus Christ. And that's, again, what I really appreciate about what Rose was saying, that if there's a piece of integrity, or if there is integrity, it's in that piece. That's how I want to say it. It's all established in Jesus Christ. And why can we have it at all? Because we've learned how to have a relationship 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, through God's love, through God. He tells us in the Old Testament what it looks like, what it's going to look like. We can't cut corners. We can't jump ahead. We have to go through it. But if we go through life and with that understand what He's revealed to us, is what we are really supposed to one day be in Christ Jesus when Jesus is, does come unto us. He's already been sent to the world, but when we receive Him, then we find that within us now we have the power that God promised all along of love to maintain those relationships. But when that's our centerpiece, then we are in this all together. And we do it God's way. It's the only way we can get away with this. That's true. We are in it all together. Sometimes it may not feel like that, or we may not even want it to be like that, if we're being real honest. Uh, but that's the beauty of it, and that's how Jesus... I mean, look at those disciples. I mean, they, <laughs> they were pretty scattered. I mean, they were not... Some of them didn't even like each other, so they were pretty distant. But they were all in it together. And I feel like they they came together, they developed that relationship. And so we are here with our listeners, hopefully developing a relationship with you. That's what we want to do. And then hopefully spur that on to your relationship with Christ. And that is a team concept. I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to move too far away from um, that idea that a life coach is a coach. And, of course, Rose used that analogy, too. But it is a team concept. It is that being together and to bring a team together, all the different parts, to function as one. It takes a concerted effort, and there has to be some dimension of selflessness. You know, I was always told that it's for the team. It's not the individual. Take one for the team. It's not the individual. It's the team. Mm -hmm. It's the body as a whole. And yes, maybe that sounds a little bit like a pun or maybe too trite when you look at it that way. But it is. If you don't have those relationships established, if there's not someone to example that in the right sort of way, then the team never wins the championship. They right. never get the prize. They press onward to the mark of the high calling. Uh, I know that the Apostle Paul must have been somewhat competitive, at least that analogy, because he kind of presented in that same way. He's running to finish the course, the race. But who runs the race if they don't expect a prize at the end of it? Right. And he, I agree with you, he did sort of put those analogies out there. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But in the same way, you know, we are not in a race, but we're in this life together. Yeah, there's something at the end. And whether it's a prize or not, you know, it's up to us. But we, we see that. I just feel like it's, it's difficult to... Um, to share with someone that you know if they're if they're in the middle of their struggle and you're trying to encourage them without that relationship I was thinking as you were talking you know the coach can bark plays and they can yell out at the team and they can say you do this and you do this and you go there but without that and, and it might even win the game for that game but is there a relationship there I mean do they really want to listen if they feel like there's no 
relationship between them and their coach, then well, it's more just like somebody telling you what to do. Well, and I think <laughs> I think you're making a great point. Yes, we can win a championship, and I think that's what's impressive about those teams that always seem to be at the top, right? Or they're constantly playing for whatever sport it is, the highest honor. And I do believe as Christians, we are entitled to receive that accolade. There is a prize. Mm-hmm. And of course, the highest honor for us is to be Christ-like, right? To be con- right. considered as one with Jesus. And with that, that notion that Christ Jesus is uh, not only the epitome of what we're called to, but we enter into that relationship with Jesus so that we become as Christ. We die to self so that we can manifest Christ. That's the the win. But in a more material regard, things come and things go. I mean, that is the difference between the spiritual and the material is that the spiritual, in a, in a, I guess it is, a less interrupted or disrupted sort of way, is eternal. We said that on previous broadcasts that even the material elements don't go away. They're mm-hmm. here forever. But we come and we go, right. the body. And you can't always win. There's mm-hmm. loss that comes mm-hmm. into people's lives. And yes, it's a character builder. Yes, it builds virtue. We should strive for that. Yes, that is what it is like to overcome in Jesus Christ. Yes, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the love of God, the promises God has given unto us so that we might have faith to press onward to that mark of the highest calling. All those things are part of it. But when you've lost and when you're down and when you don't have a friend and you don't think anybody can understand what you're going through or what you're feeling, and maybe it's true. Maybe there's a moment in everybody's life like Job when you've lost, it seems like everything. God wants you to know it's not over. And if you do have more time left on this earth, then it's in Jesus Christ that we find that strength to press onward. It's in Jesus Christ that we find the friend who is closer than a brother. It's in Christ that we have something to hold on to. And I think Rose was saying that. Not me, but Christ in me, Mm -hmm. the hope of glory. And the idea, though, is is that if we can do that for each other, or do that in ourselves, then we can do that for each other. And yes, there'll be wins, and then there'll be losses. But you've got to endure the losses just as eloquently, if it's a word, or elegantly, if it's an action, as you did the win. Mm-hmm. Right? I was always taught that. Be a classy loser yes. <laughs> if you yes. have to lose as much as you're also expected to be a classy winner. And that's the difference. I think looking for the the lesson in it, I, I'd hesitate saying lesson, but when we lose and when we're down, we're not out. You know, we're pressed... Well, not pressed down. Uh, that's another verse. But we are not done and and I I know people like that and sometimes I just want to shake it because they they have this loss and they're and they're down and it's it's over and I don't know why this happened to me and and I just I everything I try to do just ends up in failure and so I just want to say there's a bigger picture here. There's something going on behind the curtain. You just don't know it yet. 
there's things going on that you have no idea about. And do you honestly believe that God's, you know, caused this and just sitting back like, ha, now I got you. I just don't see God that way. And I think that goes back to our life coaching, helping you understand your view of God because if your God allows you to to sit and struggle and suffer and sits back and laughs at you that's a distorted view of God that's not the God that we believe in that I don't believe in I don't think you believe in so yes it's definitely more than what is seen on the surface and I think Paul knew that and I think he I think he even got frustrated with the people because he wanted them to understand that well Rose captured that too uh, about pity, oh, sure. <laughs> I can I can have sure. compassion for you, and and I can team up with you, and and I can stand beside you. And of course, again, we're saying it all is in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be there for me. If you're not, then you're not. But I can't get mad at that or allow anything like that to make me so angry or hurt or frustrated that I've forgotten where my true salvation comes from. Uh, I know my Redeemer liveth is what Job cried out because he realized that somewhere in the middle of it there was nobody going to come rescue him except God was promised was going to be fulfilled and that his Redeemer doth liveth and that he would see a better day Mm -hmm. than what he was seeing in a material sort of regard. But but that notion though is is that if I just take pity upon you and a lot of people will do that to manipulate you. And then and we feed right into it because we, deep down, sort of want that. And we want sometimes people to feel sorry for us. So when they do that and they're getting something out of it and then we get something out of it, we allow it. That's a vicious cycle and that's not healthy. And, you know, you can swing back and forth from self-pity and then realize, okay, I'm feeling sorry for myself. And then swing over to the other side, which is just as deadly self-righteousness. Yes. And yes. so, you know, I, I find myself and, and I see others in the same pattern. Am I swinging to self-pity? Am I feeling sorry for myself? Or am I swinging to self-righteousness where, oh my goodness, look what you've done. How could you do that? And so, as if I had never been there. So I, I want to make one more point. Allowing people, you mentioned this about the coaching, allowing people to be where they're at. That's a big part of that. And if we don't know where we're at, it's hard to allow someone else to be where they're at. Well, God asked uh, Cain, <laughs> where is your brother? But he asked initially, his countenance had fallen. Uh, the idea that, that God does not like us to suffer, but God even, God does not r- rush in and rescue Right? Too soon or too quickly. There's a time and a place for that. David had to mourn. Um, well, Adam and Eve, he said, where are you? Knowing full well where they were, but he didn't clothe them, which is beautiful, until after he asked that question. And then he, he met them where, where, where they were. Exactly. But it wasn't the end, right? It wasn't right. like, oh, well, we're just going to settle. You guys will never be what I wanted you to be. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and again, I think some of that, I'm, I'm not even going to give any positives to that kind of attitude. But some of that you might justify as, well, they don't know any better, and I'm just going to have to take care of them. It's still that pride, righteousness stuff. Right. It's right. On, on behalf of the person who otherwise is considered themselves the superior, the, the good 
good enough to lead everybody. Uh, that kind of narcissism, that kind of narcissistic pride. But some people will just out and out lie to you and steal from you mm-hmm. because they know if they can keep you in that position of self-pity that they'll always be able, when they want it, lay waste to whatever you have. Manipulate. They may throw you some crumbs, right? Manipulate. Manipulate. So for me, it is all about empowerment, but it's not me. It's Christ again in me, but He does that then. God does. Jesus does. Holy Spirit does in a way that gives me empowerment. Do I like? Do I want to walk away from certain situations and say, I'm sorry, I can't help you? No, but I have. that's a tough lesson. I've learned that I cannot. And as Rose was saying, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit check me. I cannot help everybody. Now, I am also aware of the lesson of Balaam, which is right, which is which is right, which is not to then tell those right how to bring people down or pile on because Balaam that was his problem. He was seeing something profitable to him out of exploiting that. But at the same time, I'm not going to beat somebody up. I'm not going to discourage them. I'm not going to tell them, well, you don't know what you're about to lose. You know, if you don't do it the way I think it needs to be done, then sure, just go out and do it on your own. And then whenever you're ready to come back around, you can come back. I don't want to do that either. I want to be there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, sometimes people have to go into the wilderness. Sometimes people have to wander around for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Again, sometimes people like David, King David, you have to go in the morning. You have to know what that is like or the consequences of sin. And should I say this one last thing and give back to you? I do believe even God takes that as the one of the primary ways, certainly for us, those who don't, not us, but those who don't know Jesus Christ or have not yet gotten to that point of trusting Him with their whole life, that is an okay motive because it keeps a bit of pressure on, motive on, to keep working, to keep doing your part. Not that work will save you, but so that you might remain humble, so that you might then otherwise be open and receptive, that you might seek that word, that counsel, and then would be willing to be obedient when God tells you what's best for you. David is a great example of that. And I can remember a sermon, a series of sermons that an older pastor we had preached on David and it spoke to me so much. Matter of fact, I had dreams about it and I'm not one that normally, you know, has those type of things happen, but I knew in those dreams that it was about me and it was through this story of David. And it really changed it changed my life. It changed my thought processes. But when you mentioned about, you know, that David had to mourn, I was thinking about how I shared earlier in our program about the revelations and the the need for Jesus in my life and I I was physically upset to the point of tears about it. Now did God just come in and swoop in and say, Oh, it's okay. You know, I'm here for you, which he is here for me. But he allowed me to go through that process, which changed me, and I wouldn't be the person that I am had I not went through that process. So I think there's something to be said. You know, Paul 
look how much happened to him. Now, could God have prevented all that? Sure, he didn't. So, what do we say then? You know, God just likes to punish people and, you know, this is what you get for killing all those Christians. No. So, he went through that for a reason and and we could go into that on another program, but... You know, I, I absolutely believe that's where, like you said, if they don't know Christ, and I know people like that, that are always, why does this happen to me? But at least they're looking. At least they're questioning and wondering. It's motive. And and do we need that motive from a godly standpoint? I'm not sure. Uh, obviously, we need a human dimension. Mm-hmm. And God can inspire that in that way. But it's motive. It's motive to grow. It's motive to keep going on. It's inspiration. Right. It's all those things. And going through that does build up virtue and character. But sometimes it is just a way of surviving. You just have to have sometimes that bottom line motive. So, you did not get to talk a whole lot more about your experience in life coaching as maybe we thought you might earlier on. We went a little longer in the uh, interview with Rose. But I think the messaging is quite clear. You're a proponent of that. You're a believer in that. I want to again thank Rose for coming on our program. Uh, And if you want to reach her, do you know her number? Yes. She's at Tri-State Christian Care Center in Proctorville, Ohio. You can give her a call at 740-516-0208. Now, do you know our number? I do. I even have backup in case I forgot it or messed it up. Sometimes I do that. 304, you can call us at Covenants, 304-528-9220. And so I want to thank our listeners for joining us today on Covenants, which is co-sponsored by the Word House Incorporated, Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services. Again, I'm Dr. Michael David Clay, and with me, Carolyn Barnett. And Carolyn, you've got 30 seconds. Who's the program going to be about next week? Ooh, our tease. Got 20 seconds. <laughs> Avad Ministries, a new ministry that has just started. And if you're curious what Avad means, you'll have to tune in next week to find out. All right. So that should tweak your interest, listeners. So, again, we appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Consider this to be a ministry. If you want to reach us, it's 304-528-9220, covenants with an S dot LLC1 at yahoo.com. You can find us on Facebook, Covenants Christian Counseling Online or dot com? Yes, dot com. All right. So, join us next week. In the meantime, I hope all of our listeners have a blessed and wonderful week.